Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill, and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by Metagy. Each week, I talk to inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. And this week, my very special guest is Ben Wong, CEO and co-founder of Academy XI, a future-focused education company that has trained over 5,000 people in the areas of human-centered design, business, and emerging tech. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk to entrepreneurs who are so passionate about their business like Ben. He's one of those business owners who wears his passion on his sleeve. And I mean that literally. He has a nice Academy XI tattoo right on his arm, so I hope they don't go and rebrand anytime soon. We cover a wide range of marketing topics, including how to get your first 100 customers, the best ways to learn marketing, and why you continually need to listen to your customers. So please enjoy this special future-focused episode with Ben Wong. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brendan. Great to be here. Thanks for coming on. I know you're really busy with Academy XI. You've trained over 5,000 people now, making a big difference. You're changing the way that we learn. I'm wondering, when did you come to the realization that this was your life's mission? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I did reply to that question not so long ago. So, you know, I think you hear a lot of people talking about what is a passion, what is their purpose in life. Some people know it, some people don't. It's funny, you know, when I was younger, I was one of those, you know, kids that never knew what they wanted to be. You know, I had friends that they were like, I want to be a lawyer, a finance person, I want to be a doctor, all this sort of stuff. But really, I had absolutely no clue. And, you know, going through school, I was maybe not the smartest person in the room, but I always got good grades because I'd work hard and I'd find a way to get there. And, you know, that sort of work ethic, you know, really made me think about, you know, myself and as a person. And I thought, do I really not like learning or, you know, mm. what is it? And, you know, it took me a long time, you know, as I went to university, I decided to study accounting and marketing, did not enjoy accounting. <laughs> <laughs> it was mm. absolutely not for me. But, you know, it's, I sort of hit a point where I was like, actually, maybe I don't hate learning. I just don't like education. And mm. uh, I fell into digital education and, you know, worked in there for a few years. And it was really powerful to see that people could actually take short programs and actually change their life. Uh, mm. And, you know, that was for me at the sort of age that I was at where I was looking for a bit more meaning in my life, never knew how I could make impact um, with other people. And, you know, at that point in time, you sort of go, well, actually, you know, I can create a business, I can create a product or a service, I can help people. And, you know, what I do today is incredibly impactful. People are getting new jobs, they're getting new careers. And that to me was what education or learning should really be about. It should be about practical, applicable skills that can get you that next opportunity, whether it be a job or a business. So yeah, it took me, like I did have obviously a, a, you know, a great desire to build this business and you know had a strong mission in mind when we started it. But it was probably about six months in where everything sort of came together where I was like, actually, wow, I'm actually doing the things that I've always meant to do. You know, I've always wow. had struggles in, in school. I had to work hard in school to get what I want to do. I never enjoyed that sort of format and that sort of grew this big purpose or this drive to, mm. to make a difference in the world. And I think that's, you know, at that point, and I think, you know, some people have it, some people don't. At some point in your life, you sort of have that sort of realization and 
yeah, it took me six months in where I, I realized what I was doing was actually what I was always meant to do and was, you know, my purpose in life. Mm. So I often hear business owners, they're working at either a business they don't like or people might be working at jobs that they don't like, they're not passionate about. So from your experience, I mean, it's great that you found your purpose. I mean, how can people, I guess, exit their current position and find their purpose, work for a cause that's passionate for them? Have you got any tips around that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess what you want to do, I mean, so many people are in jobs that they're not happy about. Right? Yeah. I look at every job or every thing that happens in your life as this opportunity to learn, to grow, a stepping stone to get closer to what you want to achieve. I think you need to be put in situations that you're not comfortable with um, mm. and they will help determine what is really important to you in your life. So, you know, if you're in a role that, that is not fulfilling, hopefully, you know, you'll maybe sacrifice some things to do something that's more fulfilling, right? And so I think, you know, putting yourself in as many uncomfortable situations as possible will help you realize what is really comfortable and what is, you know, purposeful to you. So, I used to never do, I never have done like much public speaking and I put myself in these really uncomfortable situations. And, you know, that was how, you know, I met my co-founder, how I, you know, really built my confidence and skills to really build a business. And so, yeah, I guess my biggest recommendation would be put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Mm. You learn what you don't like. This is if you don't know what you like. If you know what you like and you have your goal, go for it. Do what you can to just go for it. Take some risks. Be mindful that not everything works out as planned. So you've got to, you know, make sure you have a, a backup plan. You know, so it's like the idea of failing fast, right? So it's, mm. you know, when, you, when you're building a startup, you fail fast, so you learn lots of things. It's the same thing when you're trying to find your purpose or your career. Try If you don't know what you want, try many things and hopefully that will sort of send you in a direction that, that you want. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So Academy XI, you guys kicked off in January 2016. So it seems like you guys have been around for ages. You know, you build a great community. You get a lot of publicity, a lot of positive publicity. Can you take us back to those early days, January 2016? You're just starting out. You had previous experience at General Assembly. You saw their sort of solution. Can you take us back to those early days? You're just starting off. How did you validate the problem and how did you acquire customers in the early days? Yeah, honestly, it's funny. So I had been in a sales role previously and I'd never done sales before. But one thing I really learned was really listen to your customer, understand their problems and solve it for them and do it with authenticity, right? So people can smell if you're not authentic and if you don't believe in the product that you're selling. And, you know, in the early days, it was really, really hard to get people to trust you um, mm. because you don't have credibility. You don't have, you know, this mass history for people to want to trust to spend a big amount of money with you. So, you know, for us, it was really about being customer first. It was about bringing people into the community, really going above and beyond for our customers, showing them the experience that we believe in, helping out with driving some outcomes. You know, there was a point, and I mentioned that six months period um, of time where, you know, I had a bit of a, a sort of scare where I was like, shit, are we really going to be able to make this? Are we going to make this happen? <laughs> like, is, is it going to survive? Because it's so hard to get those early customers. You've got to hustle. You've got to go above and beyond for your customers. You've got to show them extra value. Mm. Um, and if you can't do that, then you really don't have any uh, differentiation or you don't have any opportunity to win over your competitors when your competitors have millions and millions of dollars and resources behind them and a history. So I think the key was really just yeah looking at the sort of different parts of the ecosystem. So like you know we would I would personally spend you know all the time speaking to all customers. Wow. I would you know help with their onboarding. I would make sure that they had an, like an ultimate experience. 
because you know that's what really matters and that's what these mm. people are looking for they're looking for the support in helping them get their next opportunity and so you know i think if you're at that early stage you know don't focus on spreading yourself too thin and trying to support too many of customers focus on really understanding what they really really want and give it to them and mm. it sounds really simple but <laughs> uh, it can be challenging and yeah i guess back to the point of that sort of 6 month period i remember being at a point where i was like is this really going to work? Are we really going to be able to do it? And, you know, we pushed through because we really believed in it. But there was yeah. a time where we were going to pivot the business completely because we weren't sure wow. we were going to get traction. But, you know, we persevered and it paid off in the end and we were able to secure some funding, which really helped, you know, not only build credibility, but also allow us to service our customers and give them um, the value that they deserve. And how did you get the first 100 customers through the door? Yeah, so we would do, um, you know, we would be everywhere. So yeah. we would go and you know sponsor or support, you know, our hackathons. We would go mm-hmm. to events. We would speak on them. We would help add value where everyone sort of need. We would you know look at some partnerships and opportunities to sort of cross share, like distribution of of our, of our lists or or our customers. Yeah, I think you know in those early days, you've really just got to take any opportunity to get more exposure when you can't afford that exposure, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, events is a great way because you meet people, you connect with people, people you know have a face-to-face connection, and you know we we generally care about our customers and we generally care about what we're doing, and people really felt that, and so there was a level of authenticity that they could see that that level of care they hadn't seen maybe in other situations or mm. they had reached out to our competitors because you know we did go above and beyond for those customers. Yeah, it definitely shows that you guys care about the customers and you do go above and beyond. There's some great testimonials on the website. I know a lot of people that have taken Academy XI courses. You have a really high repeat rate as well. So do you think listening to the customers, has that really helped build your community? And what other ways have you engaged your community? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and this is I'm taking two steps back, as I mentioned earlier, like if you as a founder, you know, have the time in the early stages to be in that sales, sales position or the customer service position, do it. I did it for the first year <laughs> and I really just learned so much. I learned so much what they need, why they need it, what their problems are. And that helped shape what I could add value in terms of the wider community. So, you know, what people were looking for out in the industry, what skills they needed, what problems they faced at work. You know, it was almost like this big, huge research piece you know, that, that, <laughs> that, you know, we were helping grow the business, but learning a lot about our customers. And, you know, and then you sort of learn also what you know other parts so we have our instructors which are a part of it our thought leaders our students our clients and our corporate clients and what we found is that we're trying to build something together right so mm-hmm. if we provide better students out to the industry that gives better talent for the companies they do better and then you know the same way if we train the companies up you know they're going to be more successful they're going to be able to you know hire maybe more of our grads so I think, you know, really looking at how you can add value in different sort of ways. So, you know, right now, for example, we launched this thing called Axis and essentially it links all our students up with people in the industry who wanted to hire or get sort of pro bono or low cost uh, projects delivered and also mentorship. So we do that for free. And I think, you know, this is like a way that we're adding value in different sort of ways where we're helping if each parts of that ecosystem. And I think mm. if you really focus on doing that, then people will find that they're going to assimilate more closely to you and, and hopefully support the different parts of people within that community. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 
So I wanted to touch on learning how to learn. So it's a question that I like to ask all the podcast guests and what better guests to ask than yourself. So I mean, you've already mentioned some skills that you've picked up in the last couple of years, maybe not accounting, but uh, you know, sales, presentation skills, you know, you've just raised some capital as well. So how do you personally learn how to learn and how have you transferred that methodology to Academy XI? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if my learning style is the same as everyone else. I learn best by lots of smaller mistakes, right? So I mm. learn best by realizing something that doesn't quite work because that sort of ingrains in me. But I guess the sort of main insight of that is learning by doing. So if I learn by a book, I find that I just don't absorb it as well. It mm. sort of goes in and probably goes out at some point. And, uh, you know, if I do something, I'll remember it. And I'll remember it more if I make a mistake. And so I sort of put myself in situations where I'm incredibly uncomfortable. When I mentioned the public speaking before, you know, a long time ago, I used to be incredibly uncomfortable with that sort of stuff. But I learned so much by just putting myself in that situation. And so mm. I guess in the case of you know, learning more practical skills, I've just got to do them. And so mm. I guess when it comes to Academy XI, it's everything's focused on a project. So you do a project and you learn the skills that you need to be able to deliver that project like in the real world. And so I think providing people with that context and allowing them to learn by, you know, let's say, for example, they're learning user experience design, they're sitting in, they're doing an interview and they realize they made, they didn't ask that question right or they got the wrong answer because maybe they didn't ask the right question. And so you've really got to sort of witness that experience and hopefully that experience is going to be a memory and that memory is going to be part of that learning process. And so, mm. you know, I think you have to do things in my books. I think many people learn other different ways and some people learn really well off reading. That's probably not me. I love, uh, I've got a newfound love for books, um, but it just hasn't been sort of my nature of how I gain skills. But um, yeah, I think everyone's uh, got their own individual learning style. But if I was to sort of vouch for something when it comes to learning practical skills, you've just got to do it. And when you do it, you're on the job or you're on the project, whatever it is, you're just going to remember things so much better. And you mentioned books and you found love. That's yeah. very interesting. <laughs> I'll mention it's audiobooks. <laughs> uh, so you've got your Audible account now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm the uh, same. Yeah. I'm not quite the, uh, the, uh, the typical book, but yeah, definitely it's, um, I find I'm finding I'm learning a lot out of that. Nice. And any books that you can recommend to the audience? Oh, I mean, lots of really good books. I read a book a little while ago called The Extraordinary Mind, and it sort of talks about as an individual in this bigger, wider culture or culture scape, as they like to call it, is that we're sort of set in these ways of how we're supposed to do things. And I think it's really mm. interesting to think that you don't need to follow those ways. And mm. many successful entrepreneurs or, or people in business or, or professions, I think they push those boundaries. They push those mm. boundaries and they look at ways in which they can do things differently and don't have to worry about how what the world necessarily thinks. And so I think that's a really interesting book. There's another book that you know I like to sort of build into my company, which is called Delivering Happiness. It's oh, by Tony Shea. The Zappos yeah, founder. Yeah, I think that's yeah. good. Like the book was, you know, the reading part of it was interesting, but mm. I think, um, you know, just the, the overall message was really uh, quite aligned to what I'm doing personally. So that mm. was a, another good book. And then if, I guess, less on topic, I like the sort of Sapiens book and, and Homo Deus <laughs> book. That's really, really interesting read too. Awesome. We'll put all of these books in the show notes that you guys can find <laughs> at medigy.com forward slash podcast. 
And speaking of, you know, set in certain ways and doing things differently, I think that's what you're doing at Academy XI because I listened to Seth Godin a bit and he always talks about, you know, the education system is broken, designed for the Industrial Revolution period. You know, there hasn't been many profound changes over the last 50 years. So how do you sort of view the future of learning and how does that relate to what you're doing now at Academy XI? I mean, it depends how far you want to go ahead, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to go like really, really far, you know, I think the future of learning um, is almost autodidactic in the way that I feel like the best way of learning is you're going to be in a situation where you're going to need more of a personalized learning experience, right? So Mm. it's about what you like to flourish in the most successful way. How do you actually have an experience that is tailored to you. And so every person is different. Everyone has a different level of potential. So I think the future, future of learning, that's probably a long time away, is you know really a way that is customized based on your current skills, your aspirations, your goals, all these things that make you you. How do you make yourself the best you? And I guess sort of taking it a few steps back to, I guess, that sort of next wave of future of work when you're talking about that sort of fourth industrial revolution, I think... The integration of learning, doing, recruitment, talent, I think is all going to become intertwined. So you're going to be learning as you work on your job or your role or whatever it may be. And it's going to be you know, practical skills. It's always going to be practical skills. I think there's going to be a big shift towards soft skills. Um, mm. So if you look at the sort of World Economic Forum skills, they've identified the sort of critical skills that are you know necessarily to have a really good career. It's you know the things like critical thinking, problem solving, all that sort of stuff that we haven't really taught our kids in the past. Mm. Um, these are the things that you need to live in this world because this world is so complicated. It is constantly evolving, constantly changing. So you can't just learn one technical skill anymore. You need to constantly evolve your skills. I, mean, I think there's a stat there saying like 17 different jobs in five different careers in your lifetime as a millennial. Wow. Like you're living longer, you're going to be working longer. And I think these things are going to change the way and when we learn. And learning is not going to be about getting a degree. It's going to be about keeping current. And mm. uh, and so I think linking back to that project-based learning, I would think that either businesses are going to realize that to keep good talent, they're going to need to, to facilitate that learning on the job, mm. or alternatively, we'll all be in that sort of gig economy as contractors yeah. and have to sort of self-serve our, our, our learning and make sure that we keep current with the support of and the proliferation of online programs. I mean, you can learn anything online, right? <laughs> you literally can, but you know that's for a certain type of person. And I'm sure at some point that learning experience will evolve mm. and we'll become better learners. But at this current time, you know, we're still learning and we're still getting to that point. Yeah. So in 2019, how can early stage businesses help themselves, help their staff, upskill in different areas? Look, I think there's amazing content you can get for free online. If you have a low budget, start there. There's so many skills. Don't be afraid. Go out there. You know, there's things like Udemy. There's, you know, the whole lot of amazing programs that you can learn. If you're finding that you're wanting to build more practical skills, you know, you come to something that's more applicable in terms of the current, you know, like something like user experience design, you need to apply it to like a practical learning experience. You need that face-to-face interaction. You need to work mm. with other people, you know, come to a provider like myself or there's many others out there. You know, I think the other thing is, you know, looking at how you can just structure training in your current company. So mm. what are the things that you think they need to learn? How can they be constantly evolving and applying those skills? So 
depending on what you're trying to achieve in that business, let's say, for example, you know, the customer experience is really important, like learn something like user experience design or service design. If you're trying to grow your business and you need marketing, focus on like learning something like marketing, learn the basics. If you're building a tech product, you don't need to be a coder, but go on to Code Academy and, and learn like, you know, an online, you know, just like basic HTML and CSS, just so you know, you know, the foundations, the basics of coding. And um, when you're dealing with developers, you have an idea, you know, like you, you just want to know enough to know what you're doing. And I think, you know, many people, for example, they speak to a lot of agencies, right? And mm. they have absolutely no clue what these agencies are doing. Yeah. And so like, you know, I think you, you're just going to make sure that, you know, enough to have those conversations and um, to be able to work with them and get the best value from both ends. Yeah, definitely. And can you tell me a story of one of your Academy XI graduates? They came to you early on, they learned a brand new skill, and now they're out in the world crushing it. Where where do I start? (laughs) Um, I've probably got two stories, and I can't pick which one's better. Um, We can tell them uh, both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My favorite student, I didn't didn't say very soon, no one heard that. (laughs) Um, My sort of favorite story was, you know, in the early days, one of our students, she came to us and I think she was in retail and she had maybe some photography skills or whatever it may be. And she was wanting to get into user experience design and she was super timid. And, you know, in something like user experience design, you need a level of, you know, conversational confidence in that space. So I was a little, I was a little worried at first, but, you know, she was really keen and seemed really talented. And she wanted to also get into virtual reality. And we, you know, we had a conversation and we mentioned how we have little bits of those components in the course and also outside of that. Anyway, she took the program, and I remember her. She showed up on the first day. She had shaved her head, had, <laughs> wow. you know, to you know, just new start, new beginning. Wow. Yeah, and she took the program, and she came out. She went to her first interview. She got rejected. She went to another company, and from one of the industry nights that we ran, and she got the job. And I still remember her walking in, like, um, as sort of a UX sort of product designer at a VR company. That's sort of my favorite story. I mean, partly because I also uh, was the person that was speaking to her at the time because it was really early on in the early days. I mean, that was the most fulfilling moment when she came in all excited. Like, she took yeah. a new job, like, completely changed her career, you know, gave up her, her retail job and, and had taken a huge, huge risk because mm. um, the time, the money to do it, it's a lot. And uh, yeah, that was um, incredibly rewarding yeah. um, to see her you know, get those results and, you know, she's crushing it now. She's on like panels and you know, wow. doing all these amazing things. She's like a little thought leader. Um, so that's, um, that was really fulfilling. And then we had another student um, who actually, you know, got made redundant from News Corp. So she took the redundancy. She skilled up with us. Uh, four months later, she got hired by the same company as so News Corp again in a different oh, wow. role, which she loves. She says like the culture in this new department is amazing and she's like loving her role and She's doing all these amazing things. Um, she's a mom and, you know, she's obviously got like a lot, you know, responsibility with her family, but yeah. she's going above and she's now gone and learning other things in, you know, more advanced programs. She flew overseas. So, you know, really, really like powerful stories that, you know, make me feel what I'm doing is this is what I'm here for. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks, Ben, so far for all the amazing stories and value that you provide the audience. We're now going to the painful section of the podcast. So what's one thing that you wish you were more of an expert on right now? Oh, more of an expert right now. Okay. Mm. That's it. It's good to be specific about right yeah. now. Yeah, you've uh, got time to learn. Yeah, it's to be completely different. <laughs> so right now, I guess I would probably love to be more of an expert in if I could sort of magically bring that skill because I don't think I'd ever be that amazing at it. Like the Matrix, we can just plug it into yeah. the back of your head. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it would be, uh, you know, having software engineering skills. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like I've got some good skills in you know, user experience design and all the other programs that we teach. But, you know, software would be really cool because I'd love to be able to build, you know, I'm a creator, like I love mm. creating things. So you know, I think that would be really powerful to be able to think about an idea and translate it into you know, a software skill. But otherwise, if you asked me five, ten years ago, I might have said like a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still play soccer? Um, I did my ACLs. Uh, it's uh, out for a little while. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe a premature retirement. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what's in your current business black box? What problems are you currently trying to solve? Yeah. Um, right now, we're sort of in a stage where we're in Sydney, Melbourne, we're in Singapore. We're trying to solve, like, you know, making sure that as we're scaling this business, that we're just retaining quality because that's like mm. critical for us and that's everything, you know, the outcomes, yeah. the experience, and just making sure that, you know, we keep to our sort of brand promise and live what we're trying to do. So mm. I think, you know, as you start opening new products and new markets, um, you've just got to make sure that you bring in the right people to grow the business. And, you know, we've brought a great leadership team on recently. We've brought some amazing new team members as well. And that's, you know, comforting to know that, you know, we're getting the right people in the right seats to scale the business, but it's just making mm. sure that you've got the right things in place to ensure that you can still deliver that level of quality in an automated way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And talking about tools now, are there any tools, maybe $100 or less that you've purchased in the last year that have made a big difference? Uh, oh, tools. Uh, I think I mentioned this previously on another conversation I had, and it was around Live chat. I think live chat's a really interesting mm. thing. So I think, I mean, at the time, I know we were paying less than $100. I don't know if we're still paying that. that and we might have a, more users or something like that to, that has pushed up the price. But at the time, it was less than $100. Uh, I think it was Intercom or Swift, mm. uh, Drift or, or so. And um, I think that was a really good game changer for us because it enabled people to get in contact with us faster. Mm. Um, it enabled to get people to get in contact and the answers they wanted um, in a more acceptable way because not everyone likes to be um, spoken to on the phone so, yeah. you know, or email. And so you know, this is a quick way to get people great answers, mm. consistent answers and um, in the format that they were um, seeking. So that was a really, really good tool because it helped provide a more immediate customer experience and mm. also helped you know drive you know growth and sales of the business as well yeah. and what does the future hold for academy xi so I, I, you have a lot of students obviously do these guys continually upskill like do they take more than one course is it hard to cross sell different courses to yeah, these guys yeah definitely uh, so our big vision so i mean we have a big vision to sort of really leverage the community and change the world by using that community to make impact for other people that you know maybe can't afford our programs. Mm. But our sort of shorter or longer term, longer term but less, I guess, aspirational is sort of creating like a career lifetime learning hub. And what that means mm. is that, you know, as I mentioned before, people are constantly having to update their skills and change their careers. So we want to be that sort of supportive partner throughout that journey. So either before you start your career all the way to your finish, like how do we add value at different stages? So how do we transform your career with a full-time program? How do we update your skills online? How do we provide you with career support and then a network that you can access and extra projects that you can learn from? Mm. Um, so we're building all these small pieces of the bigger puzzle at the moment. But ultimately, you know, we want to create that more seamless experience so that we really, really understand our customers as we start to grow and scale. And you know, we have that sort of those insights to be able to provide them and guide them in what they need to learn. Um, we're seeing today a lot of people do take multiple courses. So, you know, they might take a full-time program, you know, in user experience design and a sort of adjacent skill like service design that's going to help them be more employable. 
or they might learn something like VR and, and UX and you know use that as a sort of edge for them to learn growth marketing and product management is a, a common a sort mm. of joint skill set or course that be, both people use. But yeah, essentially, we do see people coming back and wanting to learn, which is fantastic because mm. you know I think you know that shows a really powerful message that even despite that you know it's a lot of money for people to spend, a lot of time. It's mm. not, not only the money; it's the time that they need to spend. People are investing in themselves. And if you asked me maybe 10 years ago, like, would I have invested in myself like that? I'm not sure if I would have, right? But the world's changed and, you know, my perspective has been open to see that this is something that many people are successfully getting results out of. And it's awakening to see that result. And, you know, I love it. (laughs) I love it. It's really rewarding seeing people, you know, take multiple courses and get the outcomes that they were seeking as a result of that. So Ben, really appreciate the time you've taken out today. Amazing mission and you're executing really well at the moment as well. Before we wrap up, I've got a couple of abstract questions that I like to ask all of our guests. So the first one, if you could have a billboard that all business owners would see, you could have text, visuals, whatever you want, what would it say and where would you put it? Oh, and just for my personal... Um, so I've got a little tattoo on my arm and it says create your reality, right? And right. so what that means is that everyone's really in charge of their own destiny essentially, mm. right? You've got to create your own opportunity. You've got to create your own way that you look at the world. So you, if you look at the world a certain way, that's how the world's going to be to you. But if you shift your perspective, it can be incredibly eye-opening. And I think you know, if I was to put that message up there, I would sort of say, you know, simple words, create your reality. And nice. then you know, just, I guess, maybe some sort of quote that complimented that. Mm, <laughs> that what location? Oh, what location? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Who would I best reach at a, <laughs> with that message? Maybe not the CBD. Maybe there's... there's <laughs> I, I would put most of my billboards if I was advertising Academy Side on the CBD, but you know, maybe that wouldn't be as uh, taken as well. Uh, so oh, that's a tough one. I'd have, to, I'd have to think about that one. But mm. somewhere where people are maybe a bit more open to that perspective of, you know, that the world operates how you want it to operate. Mm. And I think what people don't realize is that if you're stuck in your ways and you're stuck in your certain beliefs that you have about mm. the world, then that's how the world's going to be. But if you can shift your perspective and create your own reality, then yeah. you can do amazing things. And I think some of the most successful entrepreneurs there, they see the world in a different way and they make it happen. And they're so determined to push to those limits to make it happen where, you know, sometimes it's easy, you know, in this day and age to be like, this is it. And I'm stuck here because Mm. I I don't have this opportunity. And so, yeah, I think that would be my main message to the world. Yeah, awesome. And just above that tattoo, I see an Academy XI tattoo (laughs) as well. You've taken the startup t-shirt to a new level. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was was funny. I never... um, Never used to believe in tattoos. Oh, you know, like what are other people going to think? And then I think after doing this startup, I realized, I mean, I can do whatever I want. I can do what I believe in, and I'm afraid to what other people think. And Mm. I was like, exercise for me for life. And whether I'm in it for life or not, I'm in it for life. You know, and Mm. it's my baby, and. I'm proud to wear the uh, yeah. logo. So de- definitely no rebrands coming off in the near future. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's carefully hidden yeah. under this, this sleeve, but uh, you know, it, it always comes out every now and then. So yeah. oh, that's yeah. awesome. And the final question, Ben: You're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So, what business do you start when you land on Mars, and how do you promote it to the new Martians? 
Ooh, oh, Martians. There's Martians there. There's Martians uh, as well. Oh, mixed, oh, wow. mixed culture. Oh, this is, um, an exciting thing. I mean, Elon Musk is my hero. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know, if I was there, if education was something that would be needed, I would probably yeah. start education because it's something that I believe mm. in. And I'd probably focus less on the skills that we're teaching today, only because it'd probably be less applicable at the time and more about mm. the soft skills and look at how we could align, I guess, different interests of Martian and human and, yeah. and how we're going to educate each other and how we're going mm. to live and what skills that we really need to build on Mars yeah. and look at how, you know, I'm sure they would be incredibly intelligent. So I would look at how, what sort of skills they have and how we mm. could integrate our learnings together and build something really exciting. And if that wasn't needed, they'd probably look at, you know, food, sustainable food mm. um, and how, you know, we could make something that would help, you know, a sort of growing colony. Yeah. yeah, I love it that you're already talking to the customers, <laughs> just like you did at Academy XI. And what would you call this venture, the education venture oh. on Mars? Mars XI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for coming in, Ben. It's been fun. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up and how can people get in touch? Yeah, look, in terms of getting in touch, probably best thing is on LinkedIn. You know, I'm relatively responsive um, to that as long as you're not trying to sell me stuff that I don't need. Um <laughs> Otherwise, I guess, you know, the big message I would say is, you know, if you're thinking of starting a business or if you're really doing that, you know, you probably hear it a million times on a million different things, but, you know, follow your passion, make sure mm. you're doing something purposeful. If you're not, go work for someone else. And the next thing is, yeah, you know, create your reality. Make sure you you really look at the world in, in a new way. If you're doing something, you need to really focus on your customers. You need to not be held back by certain beliefs and you've got to put in 110% because... If you don't, someone else is going to either put in 120% or they're going to have many more resources than you to really um, drive it there forward. So, Or you know, if you have already a, a strong network, surround yourself by people that are much better you, than you at what you do and you know, hopefully inspire them to follow you. So Ben, thanks again for coming in and dropping so much value to the audience. We'll put everything that Ben's mentioned in the show notes today and some more information about Academy XI at Medigy dot com forward slash podcast so once again ben it's been fun thanks brendan it has from metagy this is the forward thinking podcast i hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode if you like what you heard you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app if you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing and i mean don't we all know one of those guys tell them to check us out never miss another episode by subscribing on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to find out more about metagy and get a listener exclusive three-month free trial visit us at metagy.com forward slash podcast you can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metagy.com forward slash podcast and while you're there why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, and I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.